I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead and joining me. As always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Where are you at right now, Isaac Harris? I am in my mother's basement. Heck yeah. In, in, uh, in the great state of Kentucky. As I'm still here uh, for this full week, as I mentioned earlier, this week on the pod, my wife and I, and son and dog, all of us made the trek from Dallas, Texas to Kentucky this week, but... All right, if your dog got out and was running loose in the neighborhood, <laughs> how much would you freak out? My dog? It depends. Yes, and it, you it, couldn't. It depends on the neighborhood. It, it depends on the neighborhood. It happened one time with my uncle's neighborhood, and which is kind of a nicer neighborhood. It's not near any real busy streets or anything. So I was kind of freaking out. And uh, there was like some, he's a youth pastor, so there's like some teenagers over. And they were able to chase him down and kind of lead him back towards me. And so I didn't freak out too much. But if he got out in my neighborhood where there's huge busy streets, I would I would definitely freak out. Okay. I mean, so my dog means the world to me. She's a, a big golden doodle, a 50-pound teddy bear. She's like my baby. I mean, huge. she is my girl. <laughs> and uh, everybody kids me about how close I am with my dog. Anyway, she got out. Uh, yesterday at my mother's house and she just went running she went running through this field we couldn't catch her and it's pouring down the rain and i'm in the driveway (laughs) soaking wet uh everybody's freaking out my wife's crying because i think everybody's upset thinking that worried about me if my dog runs away and my dog comes back comes down the driveway and i go for the full out dive okay (laughs) in in gravel it's pouring rain. I'm soaked. I have like some of my nice shoes on. I don't give a crap. I go full, full out, full, like a stretched out dive and I wrap around her like back in and she gets out and all my wife did, she just said, Hey, do you want a treat? And she ran right in the door. <laughs> so I come, I come, I walk back in the house and I say this right now because my, I have blood pouring down both my arms my knees, my whole like chest and everything is all cut up from gravel. It looks like I just came from like a brawl, and basically I just dove for my dog in the driveway. And they're kind of making fun of me because they think it's a little overboard that I was that worried about her, and I would go to those measures. But if you're a dog person out there and you love your pets, I'm right there with you. I love my dog. And if a day comes or something happens to my dog, I don't know. I'm probably going to take a whole week off from the podcast. Oh, I'm completely with you. And I, I never had a dog growing up. My parents never wanted one and wouldn't let us have one. And so I never really understood. And when some people like mourned and grieved over their dog dying, I kind of didn't understand it. I don't, I don't know if I made fun of people, C- certainly to a certain degree, if people you know, freak out about their dogs, I didn't understand it. But after going through, you know, after the last couple of years, having a dog, you know, losing jobs, several jobs, by the way, and having to move and doing all kinds of stuff, dealing with some, like, I guess, minor depression. Like, having a dog is 
incredible. It's 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 so crazy yeah. how much they can understand how what you're feeling. And my dog, when I sigh really heavy, when I'm stressed, he will come up to me and just put his paw on my thigh. And he isn't like an emotional support dog. He hasn't like learned anything. You know, like yeah, we haven't trained him to do that. But he is though, and it's it's incredible what they can understand. And so uh, if you're out there and you're dealing with some stuff, maybe a dog. Maybe a dog is is the best for you. (laughs) Do therapy and all that stuff, you know, psychiatrist, all that kind of stuff. But a dog has done wonders for my mental health, for sure. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Yeah. So, all right. On the podcast today, obviously, yesterday we talked with Bo about the Mavericks versus the Bucks game. But it's such a big game, and Isaac didn't get to talk about it, that we're going to talk about that game a lot today. And we're also going to talk about Mark Stein talking about the Pelicans. The Pelicans are in peril right now and drew holidays is apparently available so we're going to talk about that that was tweeted at me several times today but i have a new rule isaac and i think you'll appreciate this i'm ready if you're going to tweet to me or isaac about or at locked on maps if you're going to tweet us or at locked on nba net which is an account that now i run which is pretty cool um you have to say who the Mavericks would give up to get this player. You have to say, okay, can we get Drew Holiday? Do you think that the Pelicans would take blank? You have to include Mavericks players in it. It can't just be this blanket, what do you think about this? Do you think we could get this guy? Because right now, and I think our stance kind of still stands, that the Mavericks don't have players to trade out for these guys. So we'll talk about that in a couple segments. But, Isaac, let's talk about this incredible game. Let's stick with some positives. The Mavericks went to Milwaukee and beat the Bucks. I mean, we. this is still amazing. I'm working on a breakdown video about this, um, and I wasn't going to do one. And then as the day went on today, I just kept going back to it, how incredible this game was, and I really wanted to just document it and have it because I, I have games on my YouTube channel that's in the link in the description of this podcast from, like, Luca's 11-0 run versus the Rockets. Luca's first game against LeBron. Like, I have these broken down on my channel, and I just really wanted this game to be part of it. And so I'm going back, and I'm, I'm, I'm making one for this game. What are your takeaways after witnessing this, after seeing this this Mavericks team without Luca go in and take down Giannis and the Bucks? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people want to focus on those Knicks losses. And I think from a Mavs fan perspective, it kind of just shows you how you kind of uh, your DNA is, how you're wired, really, when you talk about your team and you talk about kind of the overall outlook of your team. If you start off talking about the season, man, we lost to the Knicks, bro. We lost <laughs> to them twice. Like that's a you problem. Hey, at right? least it wasn't because... my twenty though. <laughs> um, that that's more that's more on you because. I think it, I think the better counter to that is okay. Yeah, they lost the Knicks twice. Who gives a crap? I would rather hear about your best wins instead of those two losses. And when you're stacking up wins right now across the league, I mean, you look at the, that win in LA against the Lakers up by 14 in their place. You look at this win against the Bucks, snapping that 18 game streak. The best team in the East. You look at that win in Denver. Denver you look yeah. at that win in Houston. Oof. I mean, those are four massive wins for this Mavericks team and arguably the best win of all of them is that Bucks win and that's without Luka so I, I know I tweeted some form of this uh, on Twitter last night but if you're somewhere in the camp and obviously you're not probably not in this podcast you might be on the you know, list of this podcast and you're you might have thought this but 
that this Mavericks team, the only way that they were good, the only reason they had this record was only and solely because of Luka Doncic, then man, last night or that, that game against the Bucks does not help your argument because it, this this shows you right now how deep this team is. It shows you how good they work together, how well the puzzle pieces fit together. Now, we're not talking about the ceiling of this team and what this means for like playoffs and all this stuff, but if you're in the camp that thinking, hey, Luka, he goes out, he has you know this high usage rate, the ball's always in his hands. Man, if he's out, this team's just going to crumble. They're going to be a bottom of the barrel team, you know, at bottom of the league. Then you're just flat out wrong. And I, this is one of my favorite wins of the season. I think the Lakers game was my favorite win of the season still, but this one's right up there for me and I think a lot of people. Absolutely. A huge, massive win. So let's break down that win a little bit more. But before we do that, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Isaac, I know how you love sink and bounce when oh, yeah. you're making your bed choice. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NBA. That's not locked on. It's locked NBA at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find all the other offers in the description of this podcast. The link is lockedonpodcast.com slash offers. You can check out all our different offers, but check out this one. Casper mattress, $100 off. I mean, I'm about to have two kids, so. <laughs> he knows his beds. <laughs> all right, Isaac, let's break down this, this win a little bit more. Who are you most impressed with? Um, we had Porzingis with 26, Curry with 26, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith doing his thing, playing against Giannis. Maxi fouled out, uh, but he had 10 and seven. DeLon some Wright calls off, on him off the bench. Yeah, some he there's there's a there's a, a very gifable moment where he fakes a flop, walking back to the bench when he fouled out. But who are you most impressed with? I mean, I'm gonna go with the cliche answer, but Porzingis, you know, putting up 26 and 12. You know, 50% from three, nine of 19 from the field. It just, he, he had confidence, you know, there. He, you know, going into the game, you saw, I think Brad had got a quote from, from Rick or got a quote from, you know, Porzingis, or it could have been McMahon, my bad, one of those two. And that basically asked him kind of what we speculated on the pod about and what a lot of people was wondering. What's this going to look like? What's the offense going to look like for Porzingis with Luka out? Is it going to look similar to this Knicks type of system before pre, pre-torn ACL for him? And is he going to be hunting shots more? Are they going to change up the system for him more? And, you know, I was alluding to that. I'm like, hey, what, what are the Mavericks going to do for him? But he was so clear saying, no. Like, this is our system. This is the way we do things. I don't want to change any of that. I don't want us to change our style or our play. We're, we're one of the best teams in the league for a reason. And I thought that was huge for him to say that and for him to come out and, you know, he was hitting. I mean, obviously, those threes were just massive. That one from the logo was incredible. Oh, but Back to back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had he had two blocks on the night, too. You know, a handful of assists, three or four assists, I think. And, I mean, he... I was just really impressed of the level that he stepped up to both offensively and defensively and on the boards. And that's, I want to see how he builds off of this game. What does this look like going into Boston, especially a Boston team that doesn't have another seven footer, but we've never, but we haven't been, um, what's the word I'm going for? Teams have gotten away with being able to throw smaller guys out there against him. And so I'm anxious to see what he looks like against Boston. Yeah, and I just went on Locked on Celtics with John Corrales talking about this game. 
Um, and like Vincent Poirier is out for them. I think uh, Robert Williams is out for them. So like they are really like sucking wind in the in the middle right now. Uh, they don't have a lot. Marcus of, Smart's going to guard him. Well, Marcus Smart's out too. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think Marcus Smart is still out for this game you mentioned. Um, but yeah, that they're really they're really going to struggle in that area. If, if, and this is where Porzingis needs to come in. And if he's just playing against Cancer, like yeah, come on, man. Like this is this is your time right now to go in and, and try some of that stuff. Yeah, Marcus Smart's not even traveling to Dallas. Uh, he has an eye infection. I wonder if he ate the same avocado that Andre Drummond did. <laughs> but yeah, so they're really struggling in that area. Corrales also told me that this is poten- they, there's a potential that Taco could get called up for this game. Oh, I'm all here for this. But here's the thing: if Taco is called up and he plays, oh, that means Boban's getting in. Boban, let's go! Come on, put in Boban versus Taco. The internet would explode. Uh, NBA Twitter would would melt down. <laughs> that's one wrinkle in this game that I thought would be pretty interesting that Corrales brought up on the on Lockdown Celtics. So check him out in that podcast if you want to hear more about what what the Celtics are going to bring in the game tonight. I guess yeah, Wednesday. So hey, I will say this about the the Bucks game. I really like Jalen Brunson's game too. Huge. You know, you know, obviously not going off points. You know, he just had thirteen points, but he had eleven assists. I just, you know, they obviously replaced Luca in the starting lineup with Brunson. You know, there's only a handful of playmakers you know on this team, and Brunson's one of them. And to kind of put him in that Luca role, you know, you can trust him. He got a lot of backlash after that game the other night, which I understood a little bit, but he wasn't the reason they lost that game. And I just I love the way he plays. I'm still all in on him. I've never been out on him. I've wrote two pieces on him now, I think. And, you know, last year I called him a, a cornerstone piece uh, for the Mavericks. I still stand by that. I, I think he's an incredible player for this team. Absolutely. And I thought that there was some criticism of Brunson after the Miami game where he was forcing some stuff. He create, you know, he had some mistakes in overtime and in the you know, final couple of minutes of the fourth quarter. And I thought he didn't force as much stuff in this game. He only took nine shots. He had 11 assists. I thought a lot of his decisions were a lot better from that game. I'm not sure he learned directly from the Miami game, but I think he kind of settled into his role a little bit more because we know him as a guy that doesn't make a ton of mistakes and you know knows how to run an offense. And he just did that really well in this Bucks game, I thought. He made a lot of plays. There was one pass that I'm putting in, in the video where he is running a pick and roll with Porzingis. Porzingis rolls. Brunson... Drives in the paint. Giannis switches on him. Chris Middleton helps off of Dorian Finney-Smith onto you know Brunson in the paint, which why would you need help when Giannis is guarding him? I don't understand. But Middleton comes over, and without even turning around, like Brunson is still facing baseline. He throws a behind-the-back pass through two defenders to Dorian Finney-Smith. I just thought it was an incredible pass. Check it out in my video. And, uh, man, just the playmaking, that's the kind of playmaking that, that Luka brings that the Mavs can – can kind of replace, like replace maybe 50% of the playmaking that Luca brings. And I mean, 11 assists for Brunson, that's about what Luca would do. So they're able to replace some of that production. And I think that that's super important for this team. Yeah, and I think this was arguably the best team win of the season. I mean, I, I guess you would Denver. go as far as saying that. And, and that's without, uh, yeah, Denver game for sure. I mean, this is what, six, six players in double figure scoring and none of those players are Tim Hardaway Jr., and I mean, yeah. if you you look at this game and said, "Hey, Luca's out," you're playing against the Bucks, and Tim Hardaway's going to go one for ten from the field with just six points. I would say most people would say, 
dang, that's, you know, Porzingis got to put up like 45 for them to have a chance. And, you know, he put up 26, but still, I like the shot distribution in this game. I think this is what, you know, around what it should look like. Probably a little bit more for Tim Hardaway, you know, while Luka's out. As far as Porzingis leading the way with shots, I think that that should happen while Luka's out. He had 19. But Seth Curry, I mean, you see the shot attempts going up for him. He had 15 and, I mean, yeah, 4 of 8 from 3, 50%. You get a confident Seth coming off the bench. You know you didn't start him in, in place of Luca. You went with the playmaking in Brunson, but and now you just kind of bring him off the bench and say, "Hey, we need your scoring more than ever now." And you saw him be more aggressive, and he was knocking him down. It was just such a fun team win out there. It's not a knock on Luca. Has nothing to do with Luca <laughs> at all. Of saying, "Oh, this isn't fun," or "Can't have team wins when Luca's out there." It's not that at all. It's all about going back, and I know we make fun of some of the things he says sometimes with Harper, but you go back, I think it was Harper, it might have been said, was saying good teams win in different ways. And this is a prime example of another way this team pulled off a huge win against one of the best teams in the league, and they did it without Luka. Yeah, I can't take any of this as a knock to Luka because it almost feels like these are two different teams, like the Mavs with Luka and the Mavs without. The, the, the role players all kind of... They get more opportunity. It's, they step up a little bit more. It just changes the dynamic of this team completely. And they just become a, a different kind of team, different kind of watchable, something we talked about yesterday. One thing about the Curry-Hardaway Jr. You know, dynamic, how long do you think it would take for Curry to play like he did against the Bucks, and for Tim Hardaway Jr. to play like he did against the Bucks before Carlisle decides to make a change? No, oh, I think it'd be a couple weeks. I think they're pretty locked in at Tim being there right now. So they're, they're, it wouldn't... After five games, let's say it's the same thing. Tim Hardaway Jr. kind of forcing some shots, missing, not shooting well. Curry scoring 20 off the I bench. Don't, I still lean towards no. I think they like Tim Hardaway's defense in that starting unit too. Um, I feel like Rick's just stuck on uh, Tim there, and, and that's it's good. Tim Hardaway's been playing amazing right now. It's it's interesting how far we've come from the first, you know, what, 10 games of the season where they had completely different starting lineups to now, you know, even with with Luca out, they're kind of still settled into the guys that you know they're going to start and sticking with them. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, yeah, that was one of the biggest storylines at the beginning of the season of who else, who's going to start. And then, I mean, Rick said that line. I think it's media day or preseason saying, "Hey, lineups are going to be fluid." We made jokes about that. I'm like, man, they're definitely fluid <laughs> because he's trying everything out right now. He he landed on something that he really liked, and I'm glad Dorian was a part of that. Yeah. Really pushed for Dorian from the very beginning that he should be a part of that. And yeah, I thought Maxi did a pretty good job against Giannis too. I know Giannis is Giannis and has a crazy stat line, but when you kind of have this two-headed, and you know, obviously, if you can go out and get somebody like an Iguodala or something like that before the trade deadline, that's amazing. But Dorian and Maxi kind of give you these two different type of uh, defensive presence, you know, together. That you know, a bigger guy like Giannis, that yeah, Dorian can take his shots at him, but Maxi it can move quick enough to be able to at least hang with Giannis a little bit. And some of these bigger guys, whether it's like a LeBron or something like that, you still want Dorian out there against them, but Maxi can still, yeah, like a Blake Griffin, something like that. Maxi can go, here you go, head to toe <laughs> with them. And uh, Classic. It, yeah, it's just, it's two different type of defenders. And uh, I thought Maxi did a pretty good job against Giannis at times. That's Isaac's phrase. If you're new to the podcast, head to toe is Isaac's way of saying head to head or toe to toe. That's, that's the only way that he knows how to put it. So, 
Get off me. Uh, um, Maxi and Dorian, yeah, it's an interesting combination. Obviously, Giannis had 48 points. Honestly, I feel like he left a lot on the table, though. And, and the Mavericks had – they had probably about – after going back through everything, they had eight possessions, eight to nine possessions, where they played good defense on Giannis. <laughs> And then yeah. a lot more where they played terrible defense on him. And he had he had six and ones in the game, <laughs> which is just I mean, at that point there's not much that anybody can do. He's finishing through contact. He's finishing, you know, over the top of Dwight Powell. He's finishing through contact with Maxi. I mean, Maxi's just looking up saying, What what else can I do with this guy? I mean, he's just incredible. And he had so he had six and ones, and he had six dunks where just completely no one was in the lane at all, just a complete defensive miscue. So there's definitely still things the Mavericks can do defensively to get better, obviously. But I thought they had some good possessions on him, so that that's a good sign at least. Yeah, it was. And I, how you know he had you know with Luca being out in this game. There was what nine players that played. Um, I guess well, Courtney Lee. If we want to say ten players, what is up with Courtney Lee getting six? He only can get six minutes. I feel like. <laughs> but it's like if you look at a bigger picture of this, I, I thought that I don't want to be the Debbie Downer right now, but give me thirty seconds of this. I thought <laughs> there was some massive overreactions coming out of this game. A little bit from Mavs fans of. Hey, because they can beat a team like the Bucks without Luca, then that means we're right there in the title hunt with all with any of the other top you know teams in the league. I still think they're a piece away. I still think they got to figure some things out because you could pull wins like this off in the regular season, but regular season's completely different from the postseason. Yeah, and I just want I just want to halt the brakes just a little bit, you know, because when you get to the postseason. That's when the stars come out. That's when stars play more. You're not going to see Giannis setting out the last five minutes of the game, basically, before he got put in for all that craziness and stuff. You, you know, they're going to be playing. All the other stars can be playing 40 minutes a night for the most part. So depth is fun, but and it's fun in the regular season. But it's just it, it just proceed with caution a little bit when trying to uh, project the ceiling of this Mavs team right now. Yeah, the Mavericks are real. I think that's what this this win can tell us that for sure. You know, real. They're not just Luca and no one else. I feel like that this win can kind of tell us that, but I don't think it tells, says anything about postseason success. Maybe in a playoff series, you get one game like this, right? You don't get you exactly. don't get four games of this playing against a team like that. So. Like you wouldn't, I don't think you walk into this saying, "All right, if Luca's out for the rest of the year, look, we just beat the Bucks with this team. We we could beat anybody in the seven game series without Luca. Look at this. You're not walking <laughs> in any you know playoff series you know with that. So yeah, but it, it's a good win. It does show the Mavericks are for real, and I think it does show you. Uh, it shows teams across the league, especially when they they're going to be buyers at the deadline, in my opinion. So they get a piece, maybe two pieces that. It, that's when it started getting really, really serious. I think this win showed was it more indicative of the Mavericks' floor than their ceiling. How about let's yes. let's put it that way? You That's know, the best way to put it. Yes. Yeah, because we learn more about what they you know can do and what they not more about what they are capable of doing. I guess. But anyway, so all right, coming up, let's talk about some Drew Holiday. Let's talk about some of these trade rumors that are floating around everywhere. Uh, just stuff is coming up, and so we want to get into it. But before we do, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breakingtea.com slash locked on. Breaking Tea makes sports shirts around teams' most passionate moments. Great for all fans. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on 
and then feel free to search the site for some great gifts and fun sports gifts. Get some t-shirts for your best friends. Get them for us if you want. Some people have sent us stuff, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, but yeah, go to breakingd.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac, let's get into the Drew Holiday rumors. So from the great Mark Stein, he tweeted today about um, the, man, the, <laughs> the Pelicans are such in a weird state right now. Remember when everyone was saying that David Griffin was a genius? Yeah, he still is a genius. He still is a genius. This team's had so, so many injuries that it just kind of takes all the air out of that story and that narrative, though. Uh, but Mark Stein said, while mired in a 12-game losing streak, New Orleans indeed remains reluctant to trade J.J. Redick, according to league sources, on top of the team's two presumed untouchables, Zion and Brandon Ingram, which he put presumed untouchables. I don't know if Brandon Ingram's untouchable. I think you can, you might be able to pry Brandon Ingram away. Yet what that also means is Drew Holiday is indeed available via trade. League sources say it would cost a significant amount to pry him away from the Pelicans, but this is a notable change in status given how unavailable Holiday was to interested teams last season. So Pelicans are kind of becoming this maybe fire sale, but their best player, Drew Holiday, is available. And let's just start with this. We have have been so adamant on Drew Holiday being the perfect third piece for this Mavericks team. However, (laughs) however, I don't know if the Mavericks have the pieces for it, which is kind of sad that he's available. This is almost like the Porzingis thing. Like, ah, he's available, but the Mavericks have the pieces, and then the Mavericks pulled all these pieces kind of out of their butt. Um, And now Holiday is kind of the same thing. Yeah, and – Unfortunately, I think the Porzingis thing might uh, skew some things for a lot of Mavs fans in, in the case of, hey, look, they pulled off Porzingis and nobody thought we had a shot. Look, they could pull this off true. or they could pull something else off. And I would, I would just say, hey, those type of trades, just they come around. Everything with that trade. Now, you've all of you have seen everything from behind the scenes with how that trade pulled off from – not letting other out. teams, <laughs> yeah. Well, not letting other teams, you know, kind of bid. It was so quick. The fact that they they had to find a team to offload a, so much salary that made that trade happen. That made him let go of Porzingis. You know, Dallas, you know, took on that money. They gave up picks. They had all this different stuff. There was just so much stuff that had to happen for that very unlikely trade to happen. And so with the holiday thing, I mean, yeah, you look at the, you look at Dallas's trade pieces. You look at uh, kind of what the roster looks like outside of Porzingis and Luca, and obviously it starts with the Tim Hardaway contract at the twenty million, and he has the player option for next year. He's most likely going to put, you know, pick that up. Um, however, you want to speculate with that, but you, know, you go down the line. Everybody knows that Dallas's pieces. Most of the there's kind of the, the middle tier: Delon Wright, Seth Curry, uh, Maxi. Even if you want to throw Dwight Powell in that, all in that eight to ten million range under contract for multiple years. Dwight can be traded for a little bit, but still, it, it, it's Dallas just doesn't have. If if New Orleans is going to trade Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday is a All Star type of player in this league. He's just 29 years old. He's under contract this year at 26, next year at 26, and then he has a player option for 27 in that 2021 summer. And if they put him on the block for sure, it sounds like, you know, what Mark's not saying, there's going to be teams across the league come calling and they're going to have better better things to throw at, you know, the Pelicans. They're going to want you know, quality draft picks. They're going to want a young, you know, one or two young players to go with, you know, some of these cores. They're going to, so it's just, 
it is unfortunate because he would be a perfect fit. I just honestly don't think Dallas has the pieces right now. So what kind of pieces are we talking about with Drew Holiday? I'm guessing probably two first-round picks, right? Like that, I feel like that's what their starting point would be for a player like that. Yeah, I would go for two first-round picks. I would want another young piece. You know, really, it doesn't matter what type. You know, I mean, I guess a guard or something like that. But it just depends on how crazy some of these teams want to get. I mean, how crazy does Philadelphia want to get? Probably not too crazy. Ben Simmons, oh, bring stuff him back. like that. Bring him uh, back. But, man, he would be perfect for Philly. Uh, he would be uh, – somebody threw out – was it Zach Lowe or somebody threw out Denver for Drew Holiday on the, the low and Woj thing. The other day, he would be perfect in Denver. Yeah. Denver has pieces you know, to, to throw at him uh, or to try to go get him. Minnesota – you know, if Minnesota came at him and said, hey – Jarrett Culver, they have a couple young guys there. It's those type of high, you know, top ten draft picks over the past year or so that they could go chase somebody like Drew Holiday. And yeah, it just kind of depends on the middle tier teams. What if Orlando wanted to go get Drew Holiday and they put any combination of their young guys on the board? That would trump Dallas's offer. So I just think there's he's so well respected across the league. Combine that with the talent and under contract and his age. He, he's going to get a nice return. Yeah, completely agree. And the fact that he can kind of play with any single guard in the NBA, <laughs> right? Like you can put him yeah. with anybody. You can put him with, you know, you could play him with Westbrook and Harden if you really wanted to. Like yeah, if they were able to somehow pull that off, like he's able to, to be so versatile in that way, guard lots of different players, play off of players, play with the ball in his hands. Um, he's, and, he's a special player. And I'll say this, you know, I, I – when you're thinking about Dallas trades, everything starts with the, the summer of 2021. So I'm all about if you want to if you want to tweet at us I, over the past what three or four days, really ever since the 15th. I mean we've gotten DMs. We got I mean today I got three or four DMs of screenshots of trades, all this different stuff. If you're gonna send us stuff, I'm down. I, I would love to hear any of that. But everything starts with that summer, and Dallas and to. I don't think they're going to touch that summer when it comes to salary. So if there's any bigger bigger money player that their contract ends before that summer, I think that's where you have to be really honing in on of, okay, then now I could see Dallas making a move for one of those guys. Now, it depends on what type of player it is that would go into that summer. You say, Isaac, you just said Drew Holiday's player option for that summer is in 2021. You better believe it. If Dallas could go get Drew Holiday, they would gladly go into that that summer of 2021 because if you put Drew Holiday with Luka and with Porzingis, now you're talking about potential finals run at that point, in my opinion, depending on what you could give up, you know, still keeping depth and all that stuff. But I, can I throw out you a name? Do it. Kyle Lowry. I th- we we briefly talked about it over the summer. If and I know I think Lowe and them talked about it on their show just if Toronto would make him available. I think Toronto is, is too good right now. I think they will hold on to him. But if they do shop him, he falls into that category of a, a player that I think would fit really well with this team. A veteran guy, another playmaker. But his contract ends before 2021. He makes 34 right now. He makes 30 next year. It's one of those. Hey, we're gonna swing for it over this next year or so. And he's going to come in and be this bulldog type of player. He won a title last year. He knows how to win. And 
but he, he still comes off the book before that 2021 summer too. It's it's those type of players that I could see Dallas, if they do swing big, I, right now I still don't think they do swing big. If they do swing big, it's those type of moves that it still doesn't touch that summer, but it still gives them a better chance at winning over the next year or so. An interesting name definitely to keep track of. Uh, we will continue to monitor lots of these trade names. I'm sure lots more will come up as uh, we get closer to the trade deadline. Guys, we'll be back tonight, tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to us with the post-game show. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Maps. Peace out. Boom. Boom.